Well, welcome back. This is Crowning Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Anne. Hey, Alex. Hi, Anne. Hi, Abigail. You're... Abigail, you had a topic for us. Are we going straight in? Okay, we're going straight. So, okay. My topic is, would the Pan-African ideal work in modern-day Africa? What is Pan-Africa? So, for y'all who don't know who Pan, what Pan-Africa or Pan-African is, is mm-hmm. the idea that people of African descent have common interests and should unify. Pan-Africanists envision a, uni- ooh, a unification with Black and African people to migrate and live in one area. So with this word, the newer generations of African-Americans and diaspora children think it results in a physical and not a mental movement of like connecting to Africa, like a physical migration. Well, I don't think this is a current, uh, this is a current generation thing. I think that's always been a thing, like Muhammad Ali and the Nation of Islam. They've Mm. always, I don't mean like Gen Z, I mean like, Newer, like newer, and like no. I think they're the creators of Pan Africanism, though. Like they, but what I was trying to say is that like um, the idea comes from like I'm still paying homage to people of the '50s, which is why I said newer generations because I'm thinking of like other people because there is a moving back to Africa in like slavery roots, but I'm thinking of the outwards of slavery and into like the um, what's that word? The regression or the the progressive movement for black people when the idea was coined to like move back to Africa. That's where I'm starting. I'm not starting with like Gen Z. Or like okay. Um, but I think pan-Africanism in itself is a new ideology, right? It has to take place after slavery, slavery and, that, and then also after uh, freed freedom for black people and then also after uh the settling of like freed black slaves mm-hmm. I, so, don't, I think that pan-africanism started within the like the settling of after slavery like i think it was a, a an ideology that came like literally civil war ended and then people started to like kind of disperse and it's like all right now what and I think that's where the the idea of just like, all right, we need our, our own nation. Yeah, kinda. that's why I said the progressive era. Yes. I just don't want it to be confused because I confused it with you as saying that the newer generation oh, like being TikTok this generation, generation yeah. as opposed to just the whole idea of it is kind of new in terms of yeah. like... I get where you're coming from, but yeah. for like me, so I don't now, think new is like now. I think new isn't like past few hundred years okay so you asking us mm-hmm. how we think what how pan-africa was like let's say if all the black people gathered from every nation right now and move back to africa what would you think would happen um it would probably work? be a war it would probably be a war probably would look a little something like uh, uh settlers coming to America, maybe mm-hmm. a little, a little more. Um, things would move a little quicker and mm-hmm. a little more aggressively <laughs> than then. You know, twice, twice gun shy. That however that shot. What how does that saying goes? I have no I idea. Know. But you get the gist. Everybody uh, yeah. knows. Twice shot. Once been, twice shot. No, no? Yeah, there's that, but there's one with guns, but. Yes, once bitten, twice shy. So it might be something like that. But then also I question that it might not be like that if they're as slick with it as China's being right now, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Africa's even woken up and realized that, oh, China is out here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it depends on how the children of the diaspora play their cards, but it most certainly will end in a war because uh power doesn't shift hands uh smoothly mm-hmm. what do you think what do i think mm-hmm. um don't 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 kind of cancel me for this but um personally i think there's a separation between the um 
people who are now coming out of slave not now but like coming out of like slavery so the generations coming out of slavery and the africans who are like just i'm not gonna say just out of like colonialism i think there's like a big difference between those kind of people and i think even when you put them in a group in like america they still don't clash okay so i i'm concerned about your wording why don't we can't we just say you have you think there's a separation between african-americans and hyphenated african-americans like I don't think Caribbean the term belongs to African Americans because I'm thinking of like oh, British African children of the diaspora. Children of the diaspora. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. But I, if you're talking about slavery, right? I'm talking about the people that come from after. So I'm talking like you know the Caribbean, the English, so Germany. Are you saying that there's a separation between those individual communities, or are you saying there's a definite? There's a. Are you grouping? everyone from the diaspora and everyone that's still Mm -hmm. in africa yes or are you grouping them as in like caribbean there's a there's a separation between british black americans and not british blacks and that's only that word uh french blacks and are you what are you saying what i'm trying to i'm grouping all of those people into like one term and they all agree I'm not going to say they all agree because sometimes you'll be seeing them act a little daisy. So then really what you're saying is all of the independent black groups, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between all of them. There's a difference between all of them and there's also a difference between the continent of Africa. No, but that's also a black group. So there's a difference between all the the black groups of people. Yes. And the reason why I want to change your your language is because... um, there's like a weird thing that's happening with like the actual current generation of people mm-hmm. where uh i think they've kind of been they've been being over the head with the idea that oh slavery wasn't that long ago slavery wasn't that long ago and now they have like misunderstood it to think that they are the first generation out oh, of slavery no 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 and no so that's why i just want to like clarify because Slavery is a very specific group of black people. Yes. And and the black people that it happened to are not the black people that are here right now. This, okay, so I guess, uh, yeah, I'll have to reword that. Okay, so the all the individual blacks are different. Yes, they all are different. And you think there is there's a specific separation between all of them that's like this one separation or there are many separations i think there's many separations mainly because like even if you like look at how they interact in some spaces it's you know african-americans or like africans who are coming from africa who are in america and african-americans don't clash caribbeans and africans don't rock with each other uh british black people and american black people don't rock with each other so i don't think it would be like imaginable for them all to come together one day and shake hands and think to cross the ocean so weird because um i think that now that we've made the differentiation that we're talking about different groups of blacks Mm -hmm. we can argue the same point about different groups of whites all whites are not on the same page Mm -hmm. about they, they can differentiate on any topic actually mm-hmm. and but that doesn't um that doesn't hinder them from living on the same um mass of land mm-hmm. you know so what does the differentiation between the individual groups of blacks have to do with their ability to just live on one piece of land Okay, I'm gonna try and word this the right way and y'all correct me. But um, when I think of like the European countries or even like the white people that are all living together in that mass land, I think of like the unifications of each country and them overcoming some uh, provinces and like melting that down or that, tra- they're not transgression, that, uh, that, aggression in their countries down so i do not think well there is problems because there are things that come from that but um what i'm trying to say is there's like this there's like a 
would it be like a peace treaty? There's like something going on right now where they are like all at peace with each other. They're Wasn't not like, at peace with each other. And actually the countries that exist right now are a result of the lack of peace. They've been fragmented from what they used to be because they couldn't get the different factions of people to get along. So it was just kind of like, okay, this country was one and now it's three different countries today. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is that differentiation that you think keeps black groups from being on one plot of land? I'm going to be very honest and say this like this. I don't want to say it's man-made, but this is like, it's not self-taught, but it's this taught rhetoric that we are all against each other, I think. Even when you think of like the model minority and you have like, okay, um, or like even like as we are as like African, like Nigerian Americans, we see our parents raise us in this, oh, you are Nigerian, so you are special, you are Nigerian, you're not like them, you're Nigerian. You are, uh, don't go to these places and say that you're Nigerian American, you're just Nigerian. Like you see that like kind of divide and I don't know who it's made by, but I think it's more of like, even implemented or like this, I don't want to say anti-black, this anti-black thing that goes around where like, you know, Africans are like this, Africans are poor, Africans are this, or even black British people, when you joke, oh yeah, they they wield swords and knives and you say, oh, they're pansies, they're this, they're that. So there's these like rumors or these like flood of like things that like kind of like put like a, like a body of water between us where we're like, I don't like you, you don't like me, let's keep it that way. And if we're not doing this way, we're getting shisty, which is okay, Alex. How I see it. I'm I'm only gonna disagree. And I think that I'm gonna disagree on that point because I think that that exists with all cultures, like in on any land on any like civilization, any state, you're gonna find those kind of like differences, those kind of prejudices and whatnot. But I think going a little, uh, going back a little bit, you did say that these countries in Europe have gotten to this point that they are at now. And I think that we can say that through the developments of these nations, through their existence as kind of like being the, the, uh, successors of imperialism and the successors of like these modernizations and, uh, and these technolo- technological ages that have come, they kind of have the opportunity to say like, all right, we're just kind of chilling for a little bit. Like we we have, we are, what, like maybe not that far, I guess, but most of Europe at this point hasn't been through uh, crazy wars for a good amount of years. If you, the further east you go, um, that's where you get to like some more skirmishes with like the fall of the Soviet Union but you Germany France Russia the big names right the big names haven't fought a war in a long time because um, they kind of left the war to the little ones Mm -hmm. to figure it out amongst themselves right and they're still figuring it out amongst themselves Mm -hmm. um but, but also we kind of get entered an age where like war didn't become as what well, war wasn't as uh what is the word like brutal no, no preferential like you didn't you didn't gain as much through war oh. you lost more through the war so i felt like it kind of got to a point where okay we need a a nato we need a like some kind of summit some kind of treaty to keep things in line i would rather diplomatically take advantage more in war because i think that war is one of those like war is profitable it it, it, it's yeah i think it's gotten to the point where it's not profitable that's not true it's not true because no one is looking at israel like yeah no no it's not profitable it's still profitable is it profitable for israel for Israel but the war is not profited by the people who are in the on the battlefield it's profited by the people who fund the war Mm -hmm. that's the that's the people who receive the profits from it so those people have no incentives to be like no 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 no, don't fight it's not profitable no so war is always going to be profitable what it is is um the stakes are much higher now, right? People have things that could end the war like that. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know who's gonna step in for what reason and who's gonna try to throw their weight around. 
So everybody just kind of like waits and watches to see, you know, what players step into the game. And if a player that's too big steps into the game, then all of the players have to band together in order for that player to not um, gain some kind of leverage over them from that situation. But see, but even in that case, though, I think that, like, in the term, in proxy wars, you can you can profit about you can profit from that because you're not taking the hit i think that as but that's a, what wars are now yes today that's wars are, are by proxy but when we're talking about these uh like established more first world countries these these european nations that are, have established themselves war is not going to reach their the doorstep but my point was to say that at this point in time it is no longer an advantage it's no longer profitable for them to be participating in wars by proxy it is by proxy it may yes. be but for themselves like for france versus germany it's no, not going to be profitable that's not and profitable. i say that that and that's why i was saying that that's the point where i do agree because it would be i wouldn't even say it's profitable but it's the stakes aren't as high and it could be more profitable for if uh the United Diaspora Association landed in Nigeria and there was a, a war there, there'd be a lot more to gain. There'd be a lot more reason to go to war in those situations. There'd, there'd be a lot more. But no, there would be absolutely zero reason to go to war. If a, if all of the, uh, the children of the diaspora were to land in Africa today, right, and a war broke out, it's going to be a proxy war for everyone except for those the mm-hmm. Africans and the children of diaspora. But best believe that America is going to have um, a line of credit mm-hmm. on that war. Best believe that France is going to have a line of credit on that war. And best believe that Britain is going to have a line of credit of that war. And they're all going to act like they're not going to get involved, blah, 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 blah. But they're going to fund it. They're going to uh, quietly ally up with certain groups and they're going to make promises that this is what happens after the war. Uh, if you were to be the six, the the um, the victor of it. Right. So it the war would um, be profitable. Mm-hmm. OK, I don't think um any of them are going to get involved. And the reason why I say that is because um, during Nigeria's civil war, right, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of um, Pan-Africanists and a lot of Nigerians who were living in the UK and America who uh, made protests and pleaded to the government that the government do something. And the government ignored them. The government's going to use the excuse that I think the Vietnam War or something was also um, around that time. Mm-hmm. And they were focusing on that mess up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they thought that Nigeria wasn't, wasn't their responsibility. But that just shows me. But also in that they provided weapons, even with saying like, oh, that's not our priority. They funded that war and they knew that France was also providing aid, like men and weapons and money to, um, the like opposing government that were fighting with the current established government Mm. um and still there was no reason for them to be involved i think that sets precedence to what they'll do now and also look at israel everyone's just like hands up yeah but everyone's funding it everyone has a stake in it that's why they speak so strongly about it. That's why they have to be firm in their stances when they speak on it. You know, we are pro-Israel. They have to say that because if Israel wins this, America gets something. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's going to be the same play out, right? Um, I don't think... Uh, max a mass exodus is uh the way to go 
And the reason why I don't think that is because um, one, I don't know about other countries, but in America, African-Americans have done too much for America that they should be the ones who have to leave. Yeah. That's cool. Like, that's a wild. And then not only do they have to leave, they have to leave and then make a project. Like they have to then now build up a whole nother nation after not receiving any rewards from building this nation, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in a mass exodus. Instead, what I I think might be more beneficial and actually I wholeheartedly advocate for, even amongst my friends, is a a diversion of interests, right? So you live here and you make money here, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are people who live here and own property in Puerto Rico. There are people who live here and own property in Brazil. There are people who live here and own property in Mexico because, you know, I put down $5,000 and I can have a little house. I don't have to pay taxes on it. I have to do nothing. Whenever I go to Mexico, I have a place to stay. I can Airbnb that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That can happen in Africa. There are people who... um, uh, who live here, but their company, right, is based in China because there are no taxes, because uh, labor is cheap, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that can happen in Africa, right? You can, like the way Amazon has um, warehouses all over middle America, that can happen in Africa. I think that's a little bit of like, I'm not good. Exploitation. No, I don't think it's exploitation. I think it's uh, it's creating resource. And it's not exploitation if it's a black person who is investing in Africa. All of those things are but- only going to put money into the hands of Africans. If there's a warehouse, Africans can work there. Because that's one thing that's a big issue in Africa right now. Well, in Nigeria specifically, right? They are looking for employment that pays. A lot of people are unemployed or if they are employed, they're not being paid correctly. So that means that there's a lack of jobs. If the only jobs that are available require you to have a PhD just so you can be a janitor, that's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's a warehouse that's hiring package handlers and they pay a decent amount, then that's a that's a plus for that person. The issue is now that um, the world government can't have a hands-off approach, right? Because if left to the um, discretion of African government, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even going to be the American investors that are exploiting. The African government will exploit. That's exactly what the topic I was about to bring up right now. Because I was about to say, like, let's think if we do start building or if, like, people, Black people start putting their hands into Africa and start building things or, like, raising up things, who's to say that the African government wouldn't cut down on that the way they're doing with the current businesses they're still doing? Uh, well, that is why a lot of business isn't in Africa right now, because uh, there's no protections against um, fraud. There's no protections against uh, exploitation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that needs to be there. There needs to be an infrastructure that protects foreign investors in Africa. And that might be a world government issue. Right. Mm-hmm. That might be a thing that people have to hold African governments accountable, right? So uh, this is a system we have in place, right? These are the checks and balances that the world government has put because now our citizens are um, taking our dollars and investing it outside of our country, right? Mm -hmm. That is going to uh, pose a concern if they're losing those dollars, 
in Africa, right? So I think that that definitely has to be uh, a world government issue. Like what happens to the dollars that go into Africa? Like there needs to be a trail of that, right? And it can't be in the hands of um, whatever their government's bureaucracy system. It has to be an outside source, right? There needs to be something that's specifically for foreign um, investors or foreign business owners or foreign stuff like that, right? Um, also, uh, people have to just stop being scared. People have to, uh, companies have to stop being scared. They're not scared about China. China can up and just your company could be gone tomorrow in China, and there's nothing you can say. You can't press their government, mm-hmm. but people don't care. They'll take the tax cut and they'll take the free labor. And they'll go to China because they trust China's, um, uh, they trust China's uh, desire for their dollar, right? Mm-hmm. They trust that no matter what, they're going to want me to continue to put this dollar into them. And so that protects my interests, right? The fact that I have a dollar. If I have a dollar, then I have China's protection right um they need to develop a relationship like that with africa and i don't think it's impossible because uh i don't think it's impossible because i think that uh no matter how corrupt the government is a dollar looks good to them mm-hmm. you know like oh you want to give me the dollar yeah i want the dollar but guess what if i give you this dollar and when I ask for it back, you you're you're telling me a snake ate the dollar. That's I'm not I'm giving saying. you any more dollars. Mm-hmm. So do you want to eat today, or do you want to eat for a lifetime? Figure it out. Mm. I don't know. I think we we just have to hold them accountable by asking for the dollar every time. I don't think every time we hand a dollar, we have to ask for the dollar we just gave. We have to be like, can I see the dollar? And how many dollars have we lost in the hands of Omi and Dudzi? What? We, Every time your uncle and auntie have been like, oh, let me give you $20 and mommy takes it from you. When do you see that dollar come back? I don't think that's the same thing. I think it's very much the same thing. I don't think that's the same thing because the parents who hand you the money aren't giving it to you. They're giving it to your parents. Mm -hmm. No, it's just it shows it's a better face. It's a better show of face, and also creates a relationship between you and that aunt and uncle when they hand you the dollar. But really, they're just uh, showing your parents that you know. Not waiting. Yeah, they're (laughs) invested in their kids. They're invested in their family. You know, it's all just, just it's all just show. Point. It's diplomacy. That's all it is. That mm-hmm. parent does not, that aunt and uncle does not think that you're going to see that $20 bill. Mm. And that is in the same mind that the African government has with our money. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, trying to get, like, it's like, I think, one, I think in general, right? Saying, like, our plan for... Uh, our plan to override faulty uh, government and oppression. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm like. I never said that I had a plan. For okay, that. but <laughs> what you just? No, 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 no. I don't have a plan to override that government. I, I think I've said on this podcast before that the only way that government gets taken down is through like revolution yeah that's the only way it has to be just rooted out because when it was planted it was just bad from inception it was bad you know so there's no reforming it um i think it just needs to be done away with and the people have to develop a system that accountability is webbed through it you understand because what it is is it's just a spoiled wayward country not country but government that needs to be held accountable each time otherwise they don't understand that there are repercussions for actions you know mm. otherwise they're living in a fantasy world where like i could do whatever the heck i want and yeah when they ask me i just look at them like i'm stupid and then it goes away mm-hmm. so 
they need to be held accountable. There needs to be repercussions. People have to have the fear of the repercussion. And that uh, doesn't do away with corruption, but it, it, it manages it, you know? It makes it so that you don't get so corrupt where you're self-sabotaging, you know? Like, you're basically cannibalizing yourself for the sake of corruption. And that's because you think that you're never going to get your just uh, dessert. You're never going to, it's never going to come back to you. You've padded yourself so well uh, with corruption that it's never going to hit you. And what needs to happen is um, there needs to be grandiose shows of this is what happens when you steal from your people, when you kill political rivals, when you intentionally create a massive divide between a wealthy upper class and a, a poor lower class, like the intentionally, when you do that intentionally, these are the, the um, like, African leaders are not committing suicide for fear of an investigation. <laughs> They're not. That happens in America, though. People will rather end their lives than for the FBI to show up. Because they understand, like, ah, no one can save me from this. Mm. Like, I'm done. African leaders need that feeling. They need that fear. They don't, no one's there to check them and say so they don't have that. They're, I don't know how we create that. Instead, what I'm saying is outside governments need to protect their dollar by themselves. They cannot depend on the African government to protect their dollar. They have to hold them accountable. There needs to be treaties that are signed. Like, yo, if I ask for my dollar back and you don't give it back to me, I need your firstborn child. Like, that's what I need. Okay. Um, I forgot what my point was originally. Um, but I don't know. Did you have anything else on this, Abigail? Um, yeah, we had a few more questions go through before. But I feel end. like they were all the same questions. You're like, you're asking me, what do you, what we think will happen if they all land there? No, that, that was, that was one question. That was the first question. What's the third question? I feel like the third question, question sounded like is... the, sec the first question. Um, the third question is, is Pan-Africanism riddled with anti-African rhetorics and the disrespecting of boundaries in African culture? Uh, I don't know. I don't well, know that. This question stemmed from non-Black people, of course, but um, currently in Africa, I'm not going to call them sellers, but bikers rolled up on a village side and they tried to go through the village or explore the village and the women of the villagers were like weapon in hand like trying to speak the little english that they know saying screaming no no and these people were getting on their hands and knees trying to beg through that and i personally thought of this new like i don't want to trap nobody parade but this new like um like this wet like this new personification of like you know the uh what's the word the taking of african culture whether it's like the renouncing of like the geles and the ankara and the gods and the um it's not figurings it's, it's not, not new, new but i'm saying with the new generation we're seeing this more broadcasted well than like a few years ago it's because we didn't really know i mean no you didn't know a few years ago because you were a child now you're being more exposed to things but i'm saying that that's always been a thing okay since black people landed on this country uh african culture and a remnant of their roots have accompanied them and sometimes people get a hold of them at, uh, of something and it makes them want to deep dive into what that is but that's always been a thing like in some um, parts of the south there are communities that have hold, held on to so much of their african uh cultures that that's they, not what i'm talking about 
No. I'm talking of what I'm saying is that you think that it's a new thing where like we're now seeing people who are embracing African culture and they're wearing the galas and they're wearing the, the wrong embracing or like the how do I explain this? Like, um, for example, let's say there's something in Yoruba culture that is known to only be for the kings and queens to partake of. Let's say if I go and do that mm-hmm. and I put that on social media and mm-hmm. I go and parade this, mm-hmm. that is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the um, the roots that are still here. I'm talking about the abusing of um, African religion. That's if you, adhe- if like, okay, so now you're taking offense for a group of people that you don't even identify with. We don't have any um, sultans or or uh we're not even that re- uh, like reverend of abbas and chiefs I so like and you're not hearing so what i'm wait, saying no what, what is your point again Abigail? my point is do you think if we were to have this movement of pan-africanism moving back to africa would that come would that be riddled with the disrespecting of boundaries and the um harmful handling of so African culture. If you say like uh with this like pan Africanism going into effect, you're talking about going into uh African Americans or children of the diaspora going into Africa. Yes. Would this be like uh like uh like how we have reservations here? Would it be like a territory for those children of the diaspora in African no, nation, she's saying like, they will they abuse African cultures and but misuse African... I need some context for it though, because if we're just recreating uh, African-American culture in Nigeria, then it, that does those two things don't have to be the same. That's I not- think, let me see if I can... Um, if I can shed light on what it is that you're saying, right? If I give you a more specific example, right? She doesn't want their... T- she doesn't want to um, end up in, uh, like let's say Johnson right from South Dakota Mm -hmm. goes to uh, South Africa right and once he's in South Africa he decides that oh this land that he's purchased he's the chief of this land and starts putting on chief garb and is doing and is mixing cultures and being disrespectful doesn't know anything about it he just thinks he's cool he's wearing it you know and appropriating that culture in Africa and he thinks it's okay because oh now he's a citizen of Africa is that what you're saying you think that that's gonna be a symptom of pan-Africanism that is like a factor what I'm saying but more what I'm thinking is when when pan, if the movement goes occurs, we're gonna have to find places for these people to live. And now we already know from like our experiences being in the country, there's no, there's not reservoir, reserve, reservoirs, reserve, reservation, reservations. There's no lines and borders in well in Nigeria. Perhaps there's no lines and borders. With there the, are lines, there are lines and, borders. and borders. There's states. Not that's not what I'm talking about. But you know, like you're not gonna like you're gonna walk two feet from a house and you'll see like a little small reservation yeah but there's still like you know like you'll see a reservation no i'm talking like there's like there's no separation there's no like big house small house there's no like you know how like guarded communities there are but that's like lagos and like city-wise no 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 there are there are communities like even if we look at where we went to our grandparents house right Mm -hmm. there is his home is surrounded by other homes that look like his and his 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 plot of land is specifically for uh the chiefs right yes when you come further out of it then you start to see the little smaller homes of just the everyday people yeah every, everything it might that's not, be. not like a line there's not like a reservoir like there's no like do not like you see you in have this- lines in america there's fences. You never seen a fence. Abigail. So you're uh, saying there are no fences? There are fences. Homes are encased in fences. Abigail. Here's this <laughs> what I'm gonna say, right? There are territories. People do own land and there are communities who live on their own land. Things aren't set up and mapped out like in grid situations like New York is. But That's if you go I'm to like to Nebraska, people's farms start and end somewhere. And then another farm starts and ends somewhere. So it's the same thing in Nigeria. This is certain. This is so so and so. They have their way of deciphering. Coming there as a newbie, you don't know that. Yeah, you would have to learn that. 
And not even just learn that. And who the, says that people, certain people, I'm not trying to group these people or generalize, but I'm saying who is to respect that? We've already seen that it's been disrespected. What do you mean who's a respecter? Money is a respecter. I purchase plot a. That's not Plot think, A is Abigail, the right Abigail. place. When the white people came running over, they're like, "Oh, you purchased this land? Oh yeah, guys, okay." So guys, are we guys, saying guys, that? Guys, are we guys, saying guys, that guys, the Pan Africanists are going to come and colonize? Guys, 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 guys. When I started this I'm originally, confused. when I started this originally, I was saying, "Is there reservations, or are they going to integrate?" This is what I was trying to avoid. Depending on where you place the African-American people is what they will follow. So if you are just going to say that here is your plot of land and they might have the next house over from you, they're going to live in their house and they're going to do whatever. So if you just get the house, the next house down, that's just going to be your house. If we have a reservation, wait and wait. If you just have a reservation, that's where the African-Americans will live. If you are, if you're just the next door neighbor in living in Lagos and you just, you live on this block and this is where you, this is just where you live yeah you might run into a few more instances where there is certain instances of cultural appropriation but still that's where that person lives i'm sure that there's going to be some kind of regulations within the cities of where you live where you go to work where you and you're going to eventually assimilate into the culture of where you are if you are if you are just on the reservation if you have this is just the land of where this village or this the african-american tribe the Atlanta tribe lives, then that's just that's just going to be where you are. You might uh, you might absorb some cultural aspects of being down there, but you're still just going to be. People I want to interrupt that because that can't be how it happens. But that's we're in a make believe situation. No, no, no. So. But in this make believe situation, aren't we trying to make believe a situation that's actually plausible and effective or are we just trying to think of the worst possible scenario because the worst possible scenario would be to have an, a reservation or to allocate to people where they would live who is going to allocate it and how are you going to um how are you going to uh govern the differences of opinions what if someone gets plot a and they're like i don't really like plot a i kind of wanted somewhere to buy the beach everyone's gonna want somewhere by the beach who is it a lottery system no you have to purchase and the only way it even works in a way that it's beneficial for africa is you have to take your income only those who are this tall can ride. If you cannot afford... That's not Pan-Africanism. Then what the heck is Pan-African? I disagree with the whole thing. Pan-Africanism is just the idea that we are our one kindred spirit and I have roots on that land. So I sh- I can be given that land. It would no, be no, like- no, no. Because you have roots on that land. Everyone who lives there has roots on that land. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Pan-Africanism. We're not talking about... So oh, I in this Pan-Africanism, Africans don't exist... They do. We are Africans. So you own this land and I own this land. Okay, but if I were an Africa, African in Africa, I still have to purchase land. Okay. So so you, who is also an African, have no, to purchase I land. Have been, I've been ripped from my birthright and my stripped so of my So then you're not African too. then. You're something different. You're, you're arguing, a hyphenated African. You're arguing against the Pan-Africanism. But in the because idea it doesn't of, make sense. Now it's riddled with like defects it doesn't make sense if that's what pan-africanism is then the answer to your question is yes i don't know about Finally. hate uh uh what was it called black hate i didn't call uh, it black hate no no no. you said a word uh anti-blackness yeah. i don't know about anti-blackness no anti-african because as, i don't know about anti-africanness but it sounds a little bit like a madman's socialism right where i'm going to hand over land which can is directly like it's an asset that other people are purchasing to you because of some I don't even know where you come from, bruh. Yeah, you're African, but where in Africa are you from? What if you're from five different countries? You get a plot of land in each country? So then being a descendant of slaves makes you a first-class citizen and being an African makes you a second-class citizen. That's what ends up happening. Because if you're on some welfare system that affords you land and resources, whereas the people who are there and already are depleted and uh, 
entrenched in poverty, they don't get anything for their roots. That doesn't make any sense. If Pan-Africanism is the idea that, right, um, children of the diaspora should go back to their roots and settle, then I get that. But in that settling, you adhere to the same rules as every other African kindred spirit, mm. right? And that is that you need money to live here. That's that's it. I don't. I did not know that Pan Africanism was a, a socialist ideology that we give people. That. We give people stuff. <laughs> because yeah. the donkey and a mule, yeah, you know, and, and then like... also leads me to the thing I was saying earlier. There is a difference between a slave and the descendant of a slave. Mm. Your ancestors were robbed of a lot, but you, you don't get canceled. You mm. were not robbed of anything from Africa. You were robbed of a whole different set of things, and you need to look at the American government to get that back. Don't look at Africa. Okay. Well, yeah, that's where I was gonna. Um, that's where I feel mm-hmm. like we needed to kind of make the, discu- the discussion. Quite grateful we all on the same page. Yeah, we. You guys were arguing different from different perspectives. I didn't understand what the heck you was talking about. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I didn't explain the term properly. I just thought that we would get the. I thought we all knew what that was. And then because Pan African hasn't been explained to me like that before. I was even like part of some Pan African something something, right? Mm. And something something. That's really. I mean, it was like in high school, right? Mm. And maybe because it was ran by students, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't exp- expressed like that. Mm. And also, it just makes me wonder, who are these idiots that decided that, yeah, we want to go... Like, And it, you know what it is? It's just the idea that people think that there's just empty plots of land in Africa that have no one's name on it, that your ancestors left it and no one has, like, it's just been sitting there waiting for you. That part is confusing to me. It's just confusion. Because we do not have a plot of land waiting for us. Well, we do, but we well, purchased well, we purchased that plot of land and we did the work to you know um, build it up. But, but even so, I feel like um, I feel like the Pan African movement. I feel like a lot of this kind of this rhetoric kind of it skips over the fact that there's severe dysfunction on all counts, whether it's in the how prepared and how organized uh, the children of the diaspora are or will be in that effect and what's going on within these African nations and how they are set up to either take in these new immigrants or to establish themselves, whether it be from like just a governmental structure or from like a They don't even have the infrastructure Exactly. For it. So it's like, I don't know. No one would I, have I don't power. Know where this goes. Or exactly. I don't know where this or goes. Or running water. Plumbing would be a mess. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I feel like if done intelligently and not like half-baked to like what you guys were telling me was an actual theory, right? Uh, it's not impossible because I actually have a lot of faith in uh, the organization um and the preparedness of the children of di- the diaspora. They have built civilizations before. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's uh, it would be far-fetched, you know? These, these would be people who have actually, within their generation, planned cities. Look at Atlanta. Like, people have built cities. These children of the diasporas have built cities, have have changed political stratospheres. So I am not, um, I'm not doubtful that they could be leaders in Africa and could help create, um, just give some stability, some organization and some planning because the truth is with how beautiful some parts of Africa are, they don't even have like uh street planned. Like there are no um 
like the way New York is on a grid, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, a planned city. You know, there are no planned cities. It's just like things kind of developed here and we just kept developing around it. That's kind of what I was saying. That's what she was getting to before. Yeah, but what you were saying about fences. I'm like, they have fences? You build the fence on No, what I'm trying to say is like, you know how our block is set up? You know, house. Like a grid. House. House. Yes, Abigail, but that's that's not there. But the fight wouldn't be... the. The issue with that is not that people won't know what's their land or who's living here, or who's gonna encroach on whose property. The problem would be if a an emergency were to happen, if a disaster were to happen, getting out of some of these cities is a mess. It would be a mess. If there's traffic on just any given hour of the day, how much more traffic would there be if there was like a mass shooting? How much more traffic would there be if there was a random fire? If it becomes a global capital and terrorists hit it, how are you going to evacuate a city that has no escape routes, has no, um, only has one main street? Like, how are you going to do that? it's gonna be complicated. Like even to drive into your own driveway, you kind of have to like dig out a path for yourself from the highway. You're driving over unpaved roads to get to your fancy mansion. That shouldn't be the case. That's something that government is responsible for, right? Planning the city um, so that it can be facilitated for travel but the government doesn't care about that and also there is a weirdness about like you know if the government built something on it then that's government property mm -hmm. and if they're building something on your property that might pose a problem but i think the government you know if it were not so corrupt could strong arm these people the same way con edison don't care whether it's your property or not we're gonna dig up this road and we're gonna put the bill in front of your door you have to pay it because it's your property but this needs to be fixed mm -hmm. because the government said so so the government would have to do that but and i think um children of the diaspora uh could help create a government that answers to its people. Now with that, I was gonna, there was a sub question and, for the first question. And commands its people. There was That's a sub question for the first question. So with this idea, glad that you brought this up. What happens when this has already like came to pass, you know? This is not coming to pass. Not, not, not saying this in like theoretically, but this idea of African-Americans, Africans bonding together to make a government. Mm -hmm. So we have the country Liberia, Mm -hmm. which is what well Liberia itself already had people on there like most plots of land already had people on there and right after and in a little through like a little of the civil war slave masters gave their slaves agreements you can leave but you just can never come back to Africa oh no Africa America some slaves took this agreement and they were settled into the place we call Liberia now with what happened in Liberia, there was quarreling and the quarreling came with the overcoming by the African-Americans onto the Liberian government. Well, the overthrowing, overthrowing of the people who were already there. And now there was a civil war and there are still quarreling today. Yeah, but uh that is how it would go now. That's exactly how it yeah. would work now. You know, there is no, um, there's no way that one, the governments as they sit now would not serve, don't serve its current citizens, <laughs> right? Won't serve citizens who come from a more productive and uh, 
less corrupt government. It's not going to serve those people, right? So it would have to be done away with. And the government that it is replaced with can't be completely run by expats, you know, because they don't understand uh, the experience of an African living in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it would have to be some kind of democracy that has like representatives of some kind, you know, um, for it to kind of work. But even that would have to be overseen by like, it would, it would kind of have to be watched, you know, it would have to, it would have to be aided Hmm. along, you know. I don't. I don't think it works. I don't like Pan Africanism is like really a cute idea. I mean, the way I understand it, the way I would like for it to be, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a cute idea, but I don't think it works. I think the only way we get something like that is just like what I was explaining before that African Americans, uh, African British people, just Black people all over the world invest like capital in Africa and that's it I don't even like that I feel like I don't know I don't have enough information um about stuff like that I don't I don't know how like statescraft works but from just from the little of things that I do know and the things that I've read it's just when you kind of rely on capitalism it's not you're never gonna get a a, like an un- CD situation. It's always. I'm not asking for an unseedy situation. I'm a pro. I'm pro capitalism. Mm. Um, I'm not asking for an unseedy situation. What I'm asking for is some kind of uh, mutually beneficial. The thing is that I don't think it's going to be. I think honestly, capitalism can be mutually beneficial. I don't think it is mutually beneficial. I think that what we've watched. I think and. I've had this idea before, but I think it's I think the it's benef- all incidental. I think, no, I don't I think it's think- incidental. The benefits aren't going to be equal, right? Uh, the benefits aren't going to be equal. They're not. But each side gets a benefit, and they each side gets to decide which benefit they they receive, right? I'll pose a question to you: Would you rather be a homeless person in America in New York City, or would you rather be a homeless person in Nigeria? I honestly don't know. Is there a difference? There is a difference. I don't know. Like, Are the, you I sure? The only difference is being caught by the witchcraft people. No, no, no. The difference is healthcare. Oh. The difference is. Do I have healthcare. Who? In Nigeria? No, and I have healthcare. But a if I was homeless person, person mm-hmm. you would be treated before you were built. Up to what extent? The entire thing. It, if you're a homeless person and you arrive at the homeless at the uh, homeless at the emergency room, they cannot turn you away of by course. law. Mm-hmm. You have you have to be treated, right? So now I'm like fifty thousand dollars in debt because no. of the flu. You don't have any money. If you don't have any money, they can't take no money from you. And that's yeah. the that's the benefits of capital. Yeah, but I don't think that I. If you don't have it, you don't have it. I think if you walk down, you're a homeless person. You walk down to North Central and you need a kidney today. No. I think you're going. There's, there's, there's nothing because, like, like, I, no, I, sorry, I no. as a person like with it. insurance and with all of the, I you as a would, person, you would be going, you would be going, but you'd be going the same way as uh, a middle class person who needs a kidney <laughs> is going. No. We're all going together. No, but I'm saying it's not that. Um, it's not. It's no. We're, we're both going. You and the homeless man are going together. No, but we're but we're talking about the benefits of capitalism, and I think that a lot of these things are incidental. The benefits are that it, in cap in capitalism, right? At least you and the homeless person are going together. In Nigeria, you don't even get to walk into the hospital. I don't know how beneficial that is when it, there are no benefits. I, as a person with health insurance have difficulty getting the things that I need. Mm-hmm. Now, as a person, as, it, as I fall slower down, because I'm of well, the privileged few, mm-hmm. as we fall lower down, there are less and less benefits that I, I uh, 
um, able to get through. Does that does me getting a glass of water really like benefit me? Like I, I don't care about a glass of water. Yeah, I think that that's probably why we're not going to see eye to eye, because for me, a glass of water means a lot depending on what my circumstances are. If I am in the desert and I've been dying of thirst for two days and you offer me a glass of water, I'm taking it. Even if I'll die tomorrow because you are not going to offer me another glass of water tomorrow. I consider that a benefit. I know you don't. You don't. But I do, because for the few minutes that I'm drinking that glass of water, I am in heaven. And I think that that is the manipulative and like carnivorous nature that we are. That is capitalism. However, However, to me, right, the fact that I can have slivers of self-gratification, like just chop up my suffering. I need that. I need it. I need it. It's not like there's a better alternative. There is no other government that's showing me like, oh, here, there's no suffering. Everyone's just happy. No, there is none. Right. I choose. No, because looking like me, I don't get that. Oh, yeah. I forgot. So I would rather chop up my suffering. Mm -hmm. Right. Than to just long suffer. You know, I'd rather just get me a piece of a giga bread and enjoy my homelessness. No. Exactly. You can. No, 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 It's like, what's the difference? No, no, no. If I can walk around the village and ask for some bread, some cola nut, some. All right, I'm good. You can do that here too. Yeah, and I'll get spit on. Yeah. Not necessarily. And also, if you. No, because even here. Even here, you can be a homeless person with some resources. You get you, you get a phone, and you can Man, you can map out. How am I gonna get the phone? They get them. They get them. They get these phones. Who am I calling? You don't need to call anybody. You no. get on the subway. You map out your day. Uh, this um this uh food soup kitchen is open from this time to that time over here they give out toothpaste and toothbrushes over here they give out free sweaters and socks over here so i'm gonna take the five train i'm gonna transfer the two i'm gonna do all this i'm doing this i'm gonna charge my phone at the lexington station um and yeah and then i'll be back to you know huddle on the train to sleep for a couple hours and then i'll start my day over again tomorrow i saw this i saw this post on facebook not to say not to glamorize homelessness or anything but i'm just saying it's a little disingenuous to say that i would much much more prefer to be even a lower class person in america than a lower class person in nigeria just because capitalism allows for upward mobility you might say that you know like uh it's it's gruesome it's nasty it's uh egregious some of the things that you have to do in order to move upwardly but once you experience like stagnancy like reaching the height of where your life is gonna go and recognizing that you can't go any higher that has to be devastating to look at your hands and see that you haven't made enough money to uh, pay your bills and there's nowhere else you can get more money from. That is that is that is um, an experience that I don't wish for. Even now, the, like with the cryptocurrency and whatever, the Nigerian government is banning people from well not banning like outright banning but they're like interfering with the servers so that they can't trade cryptocurrency and yet the people in power have cryptocurrency you know but in order to keep the power dynamic they do these kinds of messed up things you know i would rather be here where the internet is accessible to everyone okay Uh, And I can carve out a way for myself to go from where I am right now to at least a level up above where I am. And just that, um, that freedom, that mobility is necessary to sustain like just sound mind, 
Alex. It's necessary. Okay. These are the benefits of capitalism. Yes, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good on the outside, but I think that the people who are living in it, they gripe so much because they're coming from a place of privilege. They've never experienced what it's like to be stuck in their situation, you know? And like truly stuck. They think they're stuck, but to be truly stuck in your situation, they haven't experienced it and that's why they complain. It's not a coincidence that those third world countries come here to change their situation because it's unchangeable where they're from. Capitalism has no help for them there because the people in power won't even allow it to work. It's like fake capitalism. Like, yeah, yeah, you can get whatever you want. Oh, can I get this? No. Mm-hmm. That's for this like to you. Like, we know people who have enough money to sustain a comfortable life for themselves and still Nepa takes lights from them. <laughs> That's not, that, that could never happen in America. I have money and you still take light from me? That's crazy. That's how it be. Itty what itty. So like, yeah, capitalism is evil, but there are benefits. The benefits you might feel like, oh, don't give me crumbs. Don't give me crumbs. Don't give me, um, don't give me like your leftovers and act like you fed me a meal. That's what you want to say, mm-hmm. right? But I'm thankful for these leftovers because some people are making mud pies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to eat these leftovers. And I'm going to lick my hands. I'm like, it was delicious. I'm going to work harder to make sure that I get better leftovers tomorrow. Yeah. That the leftovers yeah. are hot tomorrow. That's okay. a no for me. But um, this, this, was a, this was a good conversation. I feel like we should wrap it up here. Yeah, I think we can uh, end this here. Hey, do you have Wait. anything else to say? Happy birthday, Ian. Thank you. Yeah, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Anne. Thank you. Uh, Guys, don't forget to like, Mm. subscribe, follow us on Instagram at... Instagram at CrowningPod. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. See you guys next time.